0: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com/slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkouts not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.
1: edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host Andy Katz. On this edition of our podcast I will be joined by Buffalo's Nate Oates, the Bulls, one of the better teams in the country. Not one of the surprises. They beat Arizona, gave Kentucky a game in the NCAA tournament last year. They entered the season as one of the better teams in the country. Experience already won at West Virginia. Got some monster games coming up we're going to talk to Nate Oates about. So the head coach of the Bulls will be joining me. Also, Big E's preseason player of the year, Shamari Pons, just named the Big E's player of the week, put up 37 in the St. John's victory over Georgia Tech in Miami, already scored over 30 in the Legends Classic uh, victories over Cal and VCU in overtime, so the lead guard for the Red Storm will also join me. So some headlines from the past week, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it went 7-7, Louisville Monster victory over Michigan State in overtime. Uh, That was my most important victory of the week. They followed that up, by the way, with a road win at Seton Hall. In the rest of the challenge, notable games that occurred. Michigan dispatching North Carolina rather easily. Duke crushing Indiana. Syracuse winning at Ohio State. That was significant because the Orange lost a couple games in New York at the 2K Classic, so they needed a, a, a significant win. The fact that Penn State beat Virginia Tech, Iowa held off Pitt, those were great wins for the Big Ten. Rutgers upsetting Miami, although Miami then followed that up with a home loss to Yale. The fact that Virginia held off a strong Maryland team, I think was great news for both because it was a great road win for Virginia, true road. Maryland scores 71 points in that home loss, and that's one reason why I've got Maryland in my power Thirty-six. I think they are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the Big Ten. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. Just, just chill and watch what occurs with that. Um, we also had uh, on Saturday, Gonzaga gets down to Creighton, comes back and wins. That's the first of four monster games for Gonzaga in a row at Creighton. Home Washington, Tennessee in Phoenix over the weekend. And then next weekend, they're going to play at North Carolina. If they get through all four of these, now they're one down, three to go, they're going undefeated. Nevada, on Friday night, plays Arizona State at Staples Arena. If Nevada gets by Arizona State, I could see Nevada running the table. And then, Gonzaga would get the one out west. Nevada would get a one somewhere else. Uh, Michigan, Michigan followed up their victory over North Carolina by crushing Purdue in the opening weekend. Purdue coming off a road loss to Florida State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which was probably the best game of the challenge, by the way. Too many turnovers by the Purdue guards late in that game. That hurt them. Michigan right now, by the way, looking like a national championship team. Didn't know that I would say that, but they are looking like a national championship team. The best teams in the country right now are Gonzaga, Michigan, Virginia, Kansas, which struggled with Stanford in overtime, still beat them, Duke, Nevada. Those are the six best teams in the country right now. And it may end up being that way in a couple of months' time. Other notable things for my Power 36, Temple got in there. Radford after winning at Texas. I moved up Houston after they beat Oregon. Arizona State still undefeated. I moved them up. Moved North Carolina down because they had a rough week after losing to Michigan on the road. They just didn't look well. They didn't look well in that game. And I know it was coming off their Vegas trip and all that, but they did not play well in that game. So a little troubling for the Tar Heels after that. I would also say that Texas Tech, undervalued. I raised them way up, Move Wisconsin way up, Buffalo up. You know, the American, I mentioned Houston, UCF, Temple, Cincinnati, they're going to sort of all rotate, I think, but Houston, I think, is the class of the league right now. In the SEC, holding strong, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, in the Pac-12, I only had Arizona State this week. In the Big 12, Iowa State still dealing with a lot of injuries. They're still winning. Kansas State got crushed by Marquette. Texas Tech may be the best, second-best team next to Kansas. In the Big East, you know Villanova is still going to be the team to beat. Marquette moves up because of that win over Kansas State. Waiting to see if there's consistency out of Butler and Providence. And maybe Creighton. St. John's has great talent. They haven't played a lot of people yet. You'll hear from Pons. George Georgetown a little erratic. In the Big Ten. I think you're going to see 10 teams in the Big Ten vying for NCAA tournament berths. 10. Maybe they get 8, 9, but 10 will vie for NCAA tournament berths. Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin right now, I think, are the class of the league. With Nebraska right behind that. So, great news for the Big Ten right now. Big Ten may be the best league in the country this season. So, a lot to get to. Want you to hear my conversation with Buffalo's Nate Oates. He's coming up next. And then Shamari Pons from St. John's. And now, joining me here on March Madness 365, Nate Oates, the head coach of the Buffalo Bulls. And, Nate, you just got back from Belfast, of all places. Quality victory over San Francisco to win the championship. Uh, Let's first talk about that trip. Uh, This has been a tournament. I think this is a second or third year. Uh, What was it like? Yeah, it was the
2: second year. They actually do a great job over there. They got a big arena that's a hockey arena, and they uh, like so. There was two different four-team brackets. So the one four-team bracket played Thursday, Friday. We played Friday, Saturday. They had a bunch of elementary like kids that they'd kind of gotten in. We went visit elementary school earlier in the week and the place was packed on Friday. And then you wondered if they'd all disappear when there wasn't school on Saturday, when it was packed again, I think there was about 5,000 people at the game. So it was really well attended. They do a good job with it. So I mean, it was good. The trip was good. It was a lot. It was educational. We had had our guys go through like a week. Um, once a week, we kind of took a class about Northern Ireland, Ireland history. So they kind of had a lot of history of the place going into it. And we, we had a good time. It's a little, little tiring though with the time change, getting back and everything. That would be the only downfall to it.
1: You know, this is a great example of how difficult it is to schedule. Um, you know, you guys started out with a bang with the win uh, at West Virginia. Then you follow that up with a win at Southern Illinois. And, you know, I, I saw Barry Hinson in Las Vegas. And I don't think people fully grasp how difficult that was. A, they're a decent team, and they're a little up and down right now, but they'll be fine. But t- tell me and our listeners here, you know what that week was like? Because not a lot of people would do that. Where you got to go to Mor- Morgantown, then you got to go to Carbondale, where a lot of people don't go, and stay on the road and come away with those kind of road wins.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the West Virginia win was huge, and everybody I think gets how big that was going down to Morgantown. But yeah, that that whole trip was. We played at Morgantown Friday night and we don't have the budget to where we can charter every single flight. We charter a lot during that conference. But, so we had to take a commercial from Pittsburgh to St. Louis. So we, the game gets over about midnight. You know, It's a TV game that started at 9 at West Virginia. It goes to overtime. So we have to drive to Pittsburgh after the game so we don't get to the hotel till like 2 in the morning and then we got to be back in a bus by five so there wasn't a whole lot of sleep on Saturday so then we got to uh you know we got to St. Louis and we have to drive two hours to Carbondale we get there Saturday night and we, we took Saturday off we practiced Sunday and play Monday at Carbondale and I think it's short I told our guys too you know if you win the West Virginia game and kick away the uh Southern Illinois game it's not going to mean much you know everybody probably would have expected us to go one-on-one on this trip. So we, we got to we gotta come together and figure out how to forget the tiredness and everything and figure out how to get a win. And we so we were up 17 on the, in that game, late in the game, so I thought our guys did a really good job. We got a mature group of kids, too, which helps. But Southern Illinois was a little banged up. Their, their best player wasn't playing that game. So we're going to get them back at our place, and they'll have Fletcher. It'll be a tougher game, but, you know, we'll, we'll be ready for it. It's, what we wanted we wanted to play good teams to get us ready
1: for march well and that's a great example also of scheduling i mean uh why do you have to play them home and home in the same season yeah. you, you would understand a lot of other people want i mean typically you don't play a non-conference opponent i mean i know the answer but i want to hear you tell me yeah i i mean nobody will play us yeah, i know that's i wanted you to say it. Like,
2: that's it so like we couldn't neither one of us could get anybody to play us so and both of us wanted to start the series at home so You know, if if we're going to play you and you want to start at your place and we want to start at our place, then let's just play twice
1: during during the year. Um, Now, the rest of this non-conference schedule, you've got, uh, after you get through LeMoyne, you've got at St. Bonaventure, and I know they're struggling. It's still not easy to go to the Riley Center, and that's a rivalry game, obviously, in your region. The return game of Southern Illinois, and then at Syracuse, at Marquette, and then you're at Canisius, another rivalry game, local game, and then you start at Eastern Michigan, and I know they've been struggling, but at the same time, that's going to be a hyped game to start off the MAC. So one, two, three, four, five of your next seven games are on the road, uh, including two high major games at Syracuse at Marquette. You guys are a top twenty team. I have put you now in the top fifteen in my um, Power Thirty Six. I've been you know riding the bulls from the beginning here. How much do you feel though that every game is like a game seven because the margin for error, you know, in the MAC unfortunately has been razor thin. There has not been multiple bids since '99.
2: Yeah, it's been 20 years. So I mean, we we talked to our guys about it a lot. So it would be nice to go into that MAC tournament without the pressure of having to win it to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, we obviously we're still going to try to win it, but. To get an at-large bid, I mean, we we talk to our guys a lot about what they have to do. Like we can't give games away that we're supposed to win. So five of those next seven are on the road, and we probably realistically we got to win five or maybe even six of those seven just to have a chance to be an at-large bid. Shoot, we might have to win all seven. I don't know, but I think if we if we, if we won six of them, and you know you won either at Marquette or at Syracuse, I think you'd set. no, obviously, you can't it up in conference play, and we've got some really good teams in the conference. So, to, you know, if we went fifteen and three like we did last year, and won six of those next seven, I would hope we'd be able to get in. But uh, I'm not a I'm not on the committee, and I don't know we're, we're going to keep trying to get better and keep trying to win games and see if we can't put ourselves in a position to get in that large bid.
1: Well, that's what I love. I love the fact that you're going out, you're playing people, you know, you got a good team. Last year was not a fluke when you upset Arizona and you gave Kentucky a good game before you, you lost in that round of 32, you know, outside of CJ Massenberg, cause he's the sort of the bigger name, you know, with Nick Perkins, Jeremy Harris, Javon Graves. I mean, you, you could go down the list. You've got great balance, um, you know, in that, in that group, uh, if I'm counting here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players, 10 actually have played in six of your seven games um, how much will that rotation shrink a little, uh, or is that what we're going to see going forward from Buffalo?
2: Well, those 10 guys, two of them are freshmen. that are pretty highly touted, and hopefully they continue to get better. I mean, they're, those two, their deal's not on offense. They're really talented on offense. Their deal with why they haven't gotten as many minutes maybe as they hope is on defense. So if they can figure out the defensive side of it, I think that rotation will stay pretty much like it is you know if they can we've got a a, a solid seven that played all of them played heavy minutes for us last year they'll they'll keep playing minutes and then you know those three new guys and then brock bertram's you know there he didn't play the one game but he I maybe should have got him in so we got 11 guys that can contribute and i think we'll keep playing 10 or 11 as long as they deserve it you know if they, they don't deserve it, then we'll shrink it up a little bit. But typically by conference, you got shrunk to about eight or nine. So that's typically what I do. Uh, my guess
1: is it'll go to eight or nine by the middle of beginning of January, middle of January. What's been the buzz at Buffalo with now not just being in the pole, but a regular in the pole and climbing?
2: A few more people recognize your own town. I mean, it's a, it's a great city. It's a great sports city. They, they get behind you, shoot. They've been pulling for the uh, – Bills, and they, they made their first playoff appearance in like 19 seasons, I think, last year. And the Sabres were bad since I've been here. Now they're I think they got the best record in the NHL, it, but people supported them all the way through. So I think, you know, they they love to jump on board with a winner, and they, they support teams, especially the professional ones, even when they're losing. So they're a big-time sports city. It's been great around here. They, they, I mean, the campus is big. we got 30,000-plus students here, so it's, it's nice to have everybody – recognize you for what you got. Hopefully they come out to these home games we got here and make the trips to Bonaventure
1: and Canisius and kind of keep this thing rolling here. So when Bobby came there, um, because I'm trying to remember how many years you've been at Buffalo now. It's been – this is year six for me. I was two as an assistant, four as head coach now. So six years ago, um, what did you think was plausible? Uh,
2: I didn't anticipate – being in the top 25 per se. I mean, I thought we could get them to the tournament for the first time. I, When I interviewed with Bobby, that was kind of the goal. You know, it's, they've never been to the NCA tournament. They're a, a, they're a high major university. You know, we're the biggest public university in the state of New York. We're the flagship school for the SUNY system. So the universities itself is a high major school. They're trying to get the sports caught up to it. Danny White was the AD, and I thought we could, you know, get to the NCAA tournament and, and then kind of, you know, see what happened from there. But I I, didn't, I don't think anybody thought we'd be in the top 20. I don't know what is this going on week four now in the top 25. So it's, we've kind of got it, you know, Bobby got it started building it. And then I've been able to build on what we, we started here six years ago and we kept this thing building. And hopefully we can keep it
1: growing from here. And what's been the mood of the group uh, in terms of embracing that, uh, you know, there's no messing around here. Like now there's an expectation to not just win in the non-conference, win the MAC, but be back in the NCAA tournament and show that wasn't a fluke that you got a team that could get to that second weekend.
2: Yeah, I, we've got a really mature group. We've got five seniors, two of them you know have been with us since their freshman year, C.J. Massenburg and Nick Perkins. And that that was the that was my first year as head coach. So this is the first year you know we've had that I've got freshmen in my first year as head coach are now seniors. You know, I, I think they've grown a lot. They saw, I think, you know, we went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments with Bobby's uh, last year here, in my first year. And then I think that year after that, we got a little complacent. We had some seniors that thought it was just going to happen and it doesn't really work that way. I think that was those guys' sophomore year. They learned a lot from that. Our culture was much better last year. And the culture's been really good this year. We've got a, we kind of brought on a mental skills coach, a guy named Arnie here in town that comes in and meets us twice a week. And, and he, you know, He's been great. The, the kids in the program have been great. So the culture, you know, and there is an expectation level that we're expected to win now. Games were before people would be happy we'd win. They'd be ecstatic. Now they're expecting us to win them. And I, I'd much rather have it that way than, than the way it was before. And We're just, you know, basketball's not life or death. So there's no reason to get all uptight about it. But there's, you know, you still got to come out and play hard every game. Our, our deal's been one of our three core beliefs is max effort. It's every day in practice, every day in the games. If you come out and play hard and are focused, I think the pressure takes care of itself.
1: Well, Nate, I appreciate it. I'm glad you got back safe and sound. Sounds like a great trip. And, um, you know, it's just going to be really interesting to track this group over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but the main thing is you're not going to disappear once you get into the MAC because those games are incredibly difficult. I've seen it. I know it. The rest of the the country needs to appreciate how hard it is to win on the road in the MAC um, because I don't think they do. It's extremely difficult.
2: Uh, it's very hard. I mean, there's some really good teams. You know, Ball State's playing great. And Eastern Michigan's got a ton of talent. And Toledo's, Toledo's good. So, hey, listen, before before you uh, cut me off, though, so <laughs> we, we, our last our last two home games, we've had the same. I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, the guy that thinks the Star Spangled Banner is really good. But uh, – like we we had the same guy back to back games, so we might need somebody to come in like like a little. We might need a little flavor. I, I saw the uh, singer for the UConn and uh, Arizona game. Is that your daughter Andy?
1: That is my daughter. How old is she? She is 16. She's a junior in high school. Uh, I I sense maybe you need her for the Bowling Green game uh, to end the season on uh, March 8th. That would be good.
2: Maybe we can maybe we can get that done. Uh, you're not you don't live too far away. We could probably get that done. Oh yeah, you could take her. She can take a day off school and come out and make a guest appearance.
1: Yes. Uh, no, she's this is the, this is her love, her passion. And uh, you know, I I I I don't get nervous when I'm in front of a camera, or even doing a live shot in front of thousands of fans or whatever. I was petrified for her and my heart was pounding. And yet uh, Was that her first walk? No, she's actually one? she did it like three years ago not as big a crowd actually at a UConn game at Gampel but she was younger uh but she's her voice is now taken on to another level and you know that's what she wants to do she wants to go to musical theater uh obviously we're looking at schools everywhere but uh you know she that's she That's awesome. and she just shows no fear standing out there because I'll tell you the no, thing I that you see it. when you when you and I appreciate that when when and I've gone to you know as you have been to th- thousands of basketball games and you don't realize it until it's someone you know like this, just how alone it is because everyone is looking at you. You know, I mean, you're you're on the court and you everyone's paying attention. You've got everyone's attention. That's no, true. And in, in the game even
2: you got 10 guys out there doing that deal. It's, who was that Mo Cheeks that had to help the one girl out? It's not the, an uh, easy song either. No, it's not. It's one of the harder ones, uh for Nash yeah. Well how do you pronounce her? Is it Lucia? Is that Lucia?
1: Lucia. 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 Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got a fourteen year old that's a freshman. I don't She's not she's not a singer. She's into some other stuff. But shoot, that would be <laughs> I'd be so nervous for her. She had to do something like that. That'd be bad. That was awesome. I didn't I I didn't see the game. We were on our flight coming back,
1: so I'm sure Danny's got that place where I can. Uh, he does. He can. does. All right. So now I got to look at your schedule. See if we can get her up to Buffalo. Yeah, let's go. Get it done. Thanks, me. We'll figure it out. All right. So all right. Thanks. Thanks, lady. Nate. Okay. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Up next here on March Madness 365, St. John's's Shamari Ponds. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Shamari Ponds from St. John's, the Big East Player of the Week, and also the uh, preseason Big East Player of the Year. Just dropped 37 against uh, Georgia Tech down in Miami. Uh, he is, uh, well, 30 seems to be your magic number. You did that uh, already a number of times when you were at the Legends Classic with wins over Cal and VCU in overtime. Um, but you guys have played with fire a little bit with this schedule right now. A lot of close games, which on the, on the positive side is great that you're able to close out and win those games, maybe something different than a year ago. On the other side... You are playing close to that edge. Um, how are you reading the way you guys are playing in some of these games so far?
3: Oh, I feel like uh, as a team, wise, uh, I feel like we are be playing solid, but I feel like we, like there's another level that we can step it up to. Because I feel like uh, like we don't we don't play a full forty minute game. Like we have spurts, so, like we play 25, 25 minutes, and then have to catch up, do a lot of catching up. I mean, we like in the, when we come to conference play, like there's a lot of good teams, so. It may not be the case to come out with the win. So, I mean, I feel like as long as we keep stringing 40 40 minutes together like we uh, did at Rutgers, we should be fine.
1: Yeah, that seems to be, you know, the best game that you guys have played against a, you know, a like opponent, not some of the the sort of the guaranteed games that you guys had at home at Karnaseka. What was it about that Rutgers game that you just were mentioning that showed you guys can play, you know, at a high level for all 40 and win whether it's home or road?
3: Oh, I mean, I, I think, like, like we like coming up to the game we was mentally uh prepared uh I feel like our mindsets going on our first our first road trip as a group with that team I mean I feel like we was focused we was disciplined I mean uh and like on that night Mustafa had a night LJ had a night and uh they was the hot hand. so we fed off them now Marcus Howard at Marquette had 45 you've had you had
1: 37 over the same weekend uh, this is going to be an interesting race for Big East Player of the Year. Both teams, I think, are going to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, we're going to be in contention to win the Big East. How much does it drive you to have another player like yourself who's a big-time scorer on a team that
3: you know you're going to have to get through if you're going to win the Big East? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely big. I mean, uh, it definitely uh, tests me Uh see where I'm at. I mean, to play against the best. Uh, and uh, the Big East, have they definitely have a lot of great players in there. So, I mean... You can't approach it lightly. And what do you think of him as a scorer? Uh, I mean, I think he's one of the, like, the best scorers in the country. Uh, uh, he had uh, 45 this year already. Uh, he had 52 last year. So, I mean, uh, he's one of the like best scorers in the country.
1: Now, you mentioned, you know, in that Rutgers game, you weren't necessarily the hot hand. You've been the hot hand a number of times. How do you read that situation where, you know, there are times when you've got to be the guy that's going to take the shots versus other times when you have to be that distributor?
3: Oh, uh, I mean – it's uh, definitely a, a balance, uh but I try to uh, get the guys going, or, uh, like give them confidence, because I want at least six or seven players like averaging double double figures, or like five, or, like I start on five averaging like double figures, so I just try to get them guys confidence. So uh, when I'm uh, driving, I could possibly kick you the ball, things of that nature. And how much have you embraced Shamari? being the guy, the
1: one that the opposing coach and opposing team are going to key on every night.
3: I mean, I like it. Uh, there's no pressure. Uh, I mean, it's on uh, like mostly all my life, uh, double team, triple team. So, I mean, I like it. Uh, I prepare for it. So, it's like it's nothing new.
1: And Chris Mullen, the head coach, uh, you know, he's been around a long time, played at the highest level, won everything you can win. How has he approached this season a little bit different, knowing that he's got a group that – can compete for a league championship and an NCAA tournament berth? Uh, I mean, I
3: think as far as this group, I mean, he's he knows we are, like, very talented. But uh, he want to see us do all the little things, like, all the little things matter to him. Like, like, so he know that on paper, like, we are, like, one of the most talented teams in the Big East. So he just wants us, like, to focus on, on the little things because the scoring is going to come. So he just, like, preach defense, make our defense be our best offense.
1: And lastly, Shamari, I know it's a long way away from now, but just knowing that Duke is on your schedule, you beat them last season, it's a different Duke team, and you know all the hype around these freshmen. Just knowing that it's on your schedule, how much do you relish the fact that at some point this season you will get that chance to go up against them down in Durham?
3: Oh, man, that game is going to be crazy. Uh, I can't wait for it. I'm pretty sure that they can't wait for it because I know that uh, Coach K told told that team that uh, we we, we beat them last time we matched up. So that game is going to be crazy, and I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a goodie, and uh, just can't wait for it. A lot before
1: that, I know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Well, I appreciate Shamari. Congrats on another great week, and I know we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's a wrap on March Madness 365. As always, you can find our podcast wherever you find the March Madness social media handles and on NCAA.com. Thanks for listening.
0: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet.